Welcome to Mighty Women, Season 1. Listen in to hear the stories of influential women and get leadership advice you can use in your own career. I'm your host, Riley Herman. Find us on MightyWomenPodcast.com. As an undergrad at the University of Pittsburgh, I often ran into Dr. Humphrey in the main building on campus, the Cathedral of Learning. One of the highlights of everyone's day was getting on the elevator to find that she was also on the same elevator. Whether you were a freshman or a tenured professor, she made you feel known and appreciated. And no matter how stressed out you were, you walked away smiling. Kathy Humphrey has since moved on to a new position as the university's senior vice chancellor for engagement and secretary of the board of trustees. But she continues her daily objective of making each student feel important and cared for. I found that, like many people I've met in Pittsburgh, Dr. Humphrey did not originally intend to move here, but once she visited, she fell in love. So I um, was the vice president of student affairs at St. Louis University. And uh, I received a call from the University of Pittsburgh uh, to, uh, that they wanted me to help them find someone who would be good at developing an undergraduate uh, experience outside of the classroom experience for their students. And uh, so I tried, uh, I thought, I tried to help them find someone uh, because it was just not something at the time that I was interested in doing. And they called me several times. Yeah. And finally I decided to come out and just look at uh, the University of Pittsburgh. I wasn't serious about it. I was just coming to visit, right? And uh, when I got here, I was pretty amazed at the true desire to create an undergraduate experience that was best, better, best in class. And uh, that is really what drew me to Pittsburgh. And that's really how I landed here because I thought we could do something special here uh, that most universities would kill to do. And uh, even to this day, while I'm not in that position, I feel really good that we provide our undergraduate students a tremendous experience in and outside of the classroom and it was because of the commitment and dedication that the institution had in creating it. So that's really how I got to Pitt. She started out by sharing valuable strategies for overcoming challenges as you lead a team. The first uh, step that one must take to get over any of the challenges is that there has to be a confidence in oneself that you can uh, you can be victorious in your pursuit of the challenge. Uh, first of all, you've got to believe. You know, you have to believe in yourself first. Because if you don't believe in you, nobody else is going to. And it's oftentimes the belief that you have in self is what inspires other people to take the risk with you when you're in a challenging situation. Um, in my mind, it is what makes you tr a true leader, that you are over able to overcome the challenge, right? And so that you're either able to change or accomplish something is what Mahones and Comabes says about leadership, you know, that you've got to be able to look at what is or is not there and determine that it can be there. And that means once that decision is made, you have moved into the challenge zone. 
And so I would say that that's the first step is believing that you can do it. Seeing it better would be the second step. I think the next step is to internalize a, 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 um, uh, an answer to the challenge that you believe in and getting other people to believe that you all can beat it and then uh, uh, working towards it. And it doesn't mean that that works every time because sometimes what you do is you work your hardest, you work your hardest, and you still come up with nothing. And uh, you have to be, again, strong enough and believe in yourself to say, I'm on the ground again, so I gotta get back up and run at it again. But this time I'm gonna run from the north as opposed to running from the south. And just, I think that's a part of it, is that you can't be afraid to fall. You've gotta know that you have enough strength to get back up and you've gotta believe that you can keep climbing and that you will eventually get there. I knew that Dr. Humphrey did a lot of problem solving, but I realized that I didn't really know what it meant to be a vice chancellor at a university. So a senior vice chancellor uh, is different, right? For, because we all do something very different for, for, for the institution. So uh, my job um, takes me uh, in and outside of the institution. Um, I do a lot of problem solving for the institution. Uh, the meeting I just came from was a problem solving uh, session that I'm hoping that I have given good advice uh, to the person who is faced with a challenge that I think he can overcome. So uh, I, along with other people, are trying to help him strategize how he moves forward. I do a lot of that. Uh, creating systems that connect Pitt to the outside world. I do a lot of that. Speaking to the outside world on behalf of Pitt, I do a lot of that as well. Uh, I manage several of the units in the university, so uh, the communications division of the university. So when you see, uh, when you're in the airport and you see an advertisement for Pitt, that's one of my units that is trying to take the message to Pitt uh, actually to the world, um, not only just to Pittsburgh, but we have those in several cities. Uh, so when you see us trying to really help other people understand what our faculty are doing here at Pitt through our Pitt Wire, that's, that's one of my units that is doing that to, um, to our Office of Diversity and Inclusion to try to create a climate in the campus that is inclusive, that is diverse but yet inclusive at the same time, uh, that our governmental relations and our community engagement uh, is all a part of, of what I do in addition to uh, working with the Board of Trustees. What are the biggest challenges facing universities and college students today? So universities are changing dramatically. It's probably the first uh, revolutionary changes that institutions have had, uh, surely since I've been in the business, but really I believe probably at least within the last 150 years, universities have been pretty predominantly the same. Uh, technology had changed us a bit, but, um, but students have changed. Parents have changed. Uh, the expectations of what we deliver has changed. 
legislators see us differently. For the first time in probably the history of this country, are we hearing people saying, it's not necessary to get a college degree. And, um, and that you can do just as well without one, which might be true, as you can with one, right? And so these are all, these are all uh, new um, challenges that we now face. So the return on the investment is, uh, in my mind, has always been there. I've always tried to ensure that students were receiving a return on the investment that they made. That was my life. However, now it's an institutional issue, not only for Pitt, but for the country, is what's the return on the investment? The cost of higher education has drove that question as well. And so, uh, so what am I doing? Um, uh, I, along with um, others in the university, are constantly looking at how are we ensuring that our students, when they leave here, have a tremendous return on that investment. And that's in a lot of ways, you know. It's, it's, in a, it's in the simple ways of, are we making sure that they are getting good, connected to good employment, to good graduate and professional schools? Are we making sure that they have easy passage to those institutions? Are we making sure that we keep the quality of the university at a place where people are proud to be from here? So for example, I don't think it's, a, it's, it's, it's not arbitrary or uh, that, that we are you know, the top public school in the Northeast, we work towards that. And that's important not only for our incoming students, that's important for you as an alumni that you can say, you're from one of, you are from the best school in the Northeast um, in this country, right? You are from the 14th best institution in uh, public institution in the world. Uh, so that's important uh, that that so all of those things are what I'm working on and what I'm trying to make sure that people are aware of so that they see the value of the return on that in investment and not only for just us students but people who seek to help us financially to keep this going right uh, because nobody wants to give to something that's not great right and so making sure that the institution is great uh, on all fronts and on all standards is something that we have to ensure that we have to work on and we have to do it every single day right <laughs> i couldn't let the conversation continue without asking her about those times on the elevator you know when i was the dean of students i uh saw the elevator as my opportunity to do focus groups yeah. and so uh, i would always find out how are we doing right because the students is even to this day is our business right and uh to ensure that they feel connected to this institution is important to me even now right so i work with alumni more than i work with undergraduates now and so making sure that alumni know that we're still there, that we're still present, uh, that we still care about them is important to me. Dr. Humphrey has been described as an effective and transformative leader. I wanted to know what has enabled her to have such a profound impact and what advice she has for others seeking to make a difference. I care about what I do. You know, I, this is not mechanical for me. I care about it. I, uh, 
I am, and when you care about something, you're willing to work harder at it and longer at it than somebody who's just doing a job. Uh, and I, I think that's, I think that that is the key, right? Is that if you land in somewhere where you feel this work is important, could I do other work? I could do other work. I could do other work and I could probably get paid a lot more money than I get paid today, although I'm, I'm paid well. Uh, but the reality for me is, and I say this oftentimes to people who come to look at Pitt, I thought, I say to them, you, you could work someplace else and make a lot more money, but I'm not sure you'll be able to change the world someplace else because we have the opportunity every day to possibly change the world by the work that we do, either through our research or through some students' lives. You know, who knows where you're gonna land, you know, and because of that. And, and even so, you think, about, you think about the impact that you're having on a family's life. That's huge to me. And to know that I had a part of that, um, is is my extra pay, right? And so, um, so every time I get a note, I'm fueled uh, to to do the work harder, and uh, I think that's what makes the difference for me. Is that I care about it. I know I'm changing the world by doing it, and so I'm energized to do it. What kinds your leadership practice? interesting that you said that you know so uh, so I'm a Christian and uh, I will tell you that my faith uh, guides a lot of decisions that I make even though my faith is not uh, entered into the conversation uh, of anything that I am uh, doing but the premise that I built my life on is um, treat other people like you want to be treated. Uh, it is to my job, the reason why I'm on the planet is to serve. And sometimes that means to serve other people or serve things. Uh, and so I try to come at it from a service perspective. I rarely ever introduce myself as I'm Kathy Humphrey, the senior vice chancellor. Oftentimes what I say is I serve as the senior vice chancellor because that's really what I'm doing. I am in service to the institution. Um, that uh, I believe that this is how I'm fulfilling my, my place on the planet. And so it's not just work. It's the fulfillment of my life's purpose uh, by the work that I'm doing. What has helped you grow as a leader? I am a constant student of leadership. I'm always watching people who are in leadership roles, beside me, above me, below me. And I'm always watching what is effective and what's not effective. And I'm constantly challenging myself to rethink uh, my own methodology uh, to uh, adjust in circumstances uh, to that I feel like what what am I going to do to bring out the very best in individuals and that's what I'm always trying to do so I'm always trying to learn um, this is probably the first 
three-year stint that I haven't been in some kind of leadership programs. I'm always in some kind of leadership program where I'm gaining more technical skills in the area. But I think if you're going to be a leader, you must be a student of leadership. What keeps you going on days that are particularly challenging? I pray every day before I come to work. Uh, because I know that every day I'm going to walk into something. I don't know what it's going to be, but I'm not, I never uh, feel alone. And that holds me up. And it's not that I'm not knocked down, because I am, right, from time to time. Uh, But I, I have something that sustains me and pulls me up in the midst of the nonsense, right? And so I would say that. But I would also say, you know, when I look out that window and I see students walking by, it's a reminder to me of why I'm doing what I do. It's a reminder to me of the ugly must be conquered in order for these students to thrive and become the men and women whom I believe they can become. So that's a real motivation for me to be able to look out the window and see uh, the very product that I am hoping ends up changing the world. What advice do you have for a woman just starting out her career in leadership? I'm happy to hear that you're chairing a committee because I think that is the one that is a step in that direction. Um, my, my advice would be to get as many opportunities as you can to practice leadership. And sometimes that means that you're going to do things for free because uh, those things that you do for free build your skill set in ways that you can't do uh, in your everyday job because you may, may not have risen to that level yet. But people will let you lead for free because they simply don't want to do it. And I say, grab a hold of every one of those opportunities to position yourself in a way that you are practicing leadership skills. Because every opportunity that you have to practice is gonna make you a stronger leader. And then I would say, find out what you're passionate about and do that work. Because if you're passionate about it, you will do it differently than everybody else who just does it. And, uh, and, Hold on to who you are foundationally and lead from that foundation. This whole notion of, you know, being a a leader um, who's a mother and a wife. Uh, We didn't really cover that, but uh, uh, oftentimes women uh, don't get to do all three of those things. And... um, that has probably been one of my bigger challenges to maintain all three of those um, components of my life. And every one of those components is important to me. And so I had to figure out how was I going to have a successful marriage, uh, be a mother at the same time, and try to, to, to serve as a leader at an amazing institution. Yeah. And all I'll say about that is that it can be done. You may not do them all equally or all as well, but it, it, but it certainly can be done. What do you think is your greatest achievement so far? 
I hope I haven't had it yet. <laughs> you know, it's an interesting thing. I think some people would look at my life and say, well, you've done this and you've done that and you've done that, but I'm not, I'm nowhere near done yet. And, um, you know, a woman who's 56 years old and saying I'm nowhere near done, it sounds a little crazy, but I'm not done yet. And uh, I, have, I am pleased with a lot of things that I have done. And I would say to this point, everything that I have done that has positively impacted the lives of students, that is what is my greatest accomplishment because that is why I exist really. But uh, I don't know, I can't, I can't put my hand on it. I can't put my hand on it. Um, but, but I will tell you where I feel most pride is when a student sends me a note that says, you may not remember me, but you did so and so and so for me. That's incredible. It's, it's, it's the highest praise in my life that I can get. I get it in front of no audience. I get it with nobody. It's a note on a card. You know, I keep them. <laughs> I keep them because that is why I'm doing what I'm doing to make um, an impact. I, I, a woman just said to me, you know, Dr. Humphrey, you wrote, oh, the elevator. You wrote in the elevator with me and I was really upset my freshman year and you convinced me that I could do it and I stayed. And she's now uh, the president of our, of our LA Alumni Club. At the time, I had no idea. You know, you, you don't know. You, you have no idea. I didn't even really remember that story. I remembered that I was close to her, right, because, uh, because I was walking with her as she was trying to get stronger. But I didn't remember, I didn't remember that event. Uh, and because it's not about that event, because I have those events uh, all the time because that's uh, important to me. But... But what matters to me about that is, is that you don't know who you're talking to. No day do you know who you're talking to, you know, um, but you're treating every person as if they're the most important person that you're dealing with at that point because they are. Check back for our next episode featuring another leading lady at the University of Pittsburgh, Dr. Ann Thompson who is Vice Dean of the Medical School, Senior Editor of the Pediatric Critical Care Medicine Journal, and former Chief of Pediatric Critical Care at the Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh. Mighty Women is recorded and produced in Pittsburgh. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mightywomenpodcast, and check back weekly for new episodes on iTunes and SoundCloud.